you know, it's interesting is that once you see kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven in the New Testament, you can't not see it. It's yeah. everywhere. It's all over the word of God. So mm. that's what we're going to talk about. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith. It is a journey of faith that you must take. It is not something you can opt out of. It's not something you can call in and say, take me off your list. Text it. It is something that you have to do one way or another. And if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. So we here at the Salty Pastor Podcast want to help you move forward in your journey of faith. We want to be like your faith gym where you come to work out your brain and your faith. And my name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host. But obviously, the Salty Pastor Podcast doesn't work unless we have some salty pastors and we've got yet again two salty pastors with us mr steve botsford hey hey and mr hyrvie friesen lightly salted lightly salted <laughs> <laughs> um and we are so excited to have them back they are both going to be preaching again this sunday um in january 2023 for those of you who are joining us in this new year welcome welcome and we are mm. kicking off um we are continuing kind of the what you guys had set up last time right what well, are we talking l- about this a little week? bit uh, but you know what Pastor Doug has uh, put together sort of an overarching idea and theme about this coming year is the kingdom of God. Sometimes it's seen as the kingdom of heaven in the church or in the Bible, uh, but it's kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. And and it's Jesus, Jesus, you're not Jesus, although you have the (laughs) beard like Jesus. Jesus He has played Jesus in a movie. That's right. Uh, But Steve, (laughs) you know, he said, you know, it's interesting is that once you see kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven in the New Testament, you can't not see it. It's everywhere. It's all all over the Word of God. So mm. that's what we're going to talk about, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Okay, well, then let's cue that up, because I think my basic understanding, if I'm coming into this as a layman, is when you hear kingdom of heaven, you kind of think of the one up in the heavens, right? Like, yeah. that's the one that God rules over. And I mean, we sure. understand that God also rules over earth, but we kind of always envision that as being this thing that's far away from us that's not attainable until we die. Is that accurate, or am I off the mark on that? No, I I think you're on, except for it's not about place. It's about space and time. God God transcends those. So God is everywhere, all the time, and all powerful, right? Get your head wrapped around that. Spend, you know, a couple months navel-gazing that idea. Truth (laughs) of it is, is that God is not limited the way we are. And the great sin we always have, let me point my finger early in the new year, Steve. I've already got a finger pointing. Is that a new year's resolution? No more finger pointing? to point a finger, right? But yeah, exactly. But but one of the things that we want to really come, come clean on is we keep trying to make God conform to us. And, and, and we try and, to understand him in our terms, in our terms, in our way, in our mind. Which yeah, is... I, I, absolutely. And God did help us out because he sent his son in bodily form, Emmanuel. We just got done with Christmas. I don't know if you and your team noticed. No, we, we, were, just... we were completely <laughs> unaware that, that I, I, happened. I thought you were gone for the last three weeks. So anyway, <laughs> but welcome back, Jesse. Glad I'm to so have excited. you. And yeah, good to have you. So no, but the kingdom of God is the big picture. And, and here's one to, to kind of start off with is... You know, we've moved from Christianity to churchianity to niceanity. Okay, it's where we're at. The, the culture says, "Well, just stupid things you believe, but just be nice." Okay, just be nice. So we've gone from Christianity to churchianity to niceanity, and in that process, one of the things that's so easy to do with with Christianity is to make it churchianity because all we think about is the church. Mm. Well, the church is a component of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the breadth of everything that God is doing. Think about this. 
when Jesus began his ministry, the kingdom of God was the big overarching thing. We don't get to Acts chapter 2, and then we get to church, right? So church hasn't even started in Jesus' ministry. Jesus' ministry is preceding that, and then he sends the advocate to do what? The first church planner was the Holy Spirit of God, mm. right? So we get to Acts chapter 2. We have the Holy Spirit of God plants the church, and the church is off and running and going. And so we want to see the kingdom of God is everything God's involved in, kind of like a holding company, right? A holding company might hold 15 different portfolio companies underneath it all, but it's the big thing, and that is the kingdom of God. So, in, And if you hear Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, 33, he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you, given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have a worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus, teaching about food, clothing, and shelter, says, those are all the things you're worried about. You need this, need this, need this, need this. Seek first God's kingdom, and everything will be taken care of for you. Mm. We preached last week on it is believe, do, greater things. Steve taught us through Haggai about how we went through and we, we, we realized they started out, but they didn't finish the found. They started, they built the foundation and then they left and they went and they did what? Looked after themselves because the natural thing to do in this world is look after ourselves. And so Steve and I are going to teach this week about, Hey, the kingdom of God, when it precedes everything in your life, it becomes paramount and God will do what? Supply all of his needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus to you in through the kingdom. Steve, you want to add to that anything? Yeah, well, this, uh, this idea of the kingdom of God, it's not anything new. I mean, you see through uh, Jesus' time with his disciples, they keep asking, like, hey, is now the time? Like, is now the time the kingdom yeah. is going to come? And these guys, they weren't highly educated by any means, so they had the baseline of what it was. But even the Pharisees are asking the same types of questions, like, hey, when is this going to actually happen? Well, and are, were they thinking back in that time, because we see this comparison a lot, where they were kind of assuming Jesus was going to just kind of come in and like throw Rome out, like with totally. an army, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Like, and yeah. everybody that was thinks the thought that of the kingdom, right? Was we like, always think in, go- in terms that are right in front of my face, make it better right now, right here for which me. If Rome was gone, that would be better, be better. right there for me. That's it, yeah. But they, but, but that didn't happen. But they also probably had some understanding that it wasn't just that, but there was a, a broader picture, right? Well, but you got to remember in, Jew- in Jewish understanding is that the Jewish uh, understanding is we're waiting on Messiah right? The one to come to save us. And so they, remember, Jewish people read Isaiah before Christian people read it, right? And Mm -hmm. so Jewish people read Isaiah and said, the government will rest on his shoulders. He will be the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the prince of peace. So he's coming to take over. Yeah, this is come take over God, right? I mean, and, 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 and again, this goes back to, we always want to tell God how to do it. We always want to tell God, okay, thank you, glad you sent the Messiah. And this is why it's so interesting. And the and 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 the the prophecy is what escaped people because they just want everything to get better right in front of their face. God sent His Son as a baby. What's a baby going to do for you? Baby's not going to do anything. You he have didn't, to sit he didn't come all battle hardened no. and ready to rock. No. He wasn't armored up and, no. and ready to to slay. He came as a baby. That's right, exactly. And God demonstrated His power. Through a quiet little child. Well, maybe it was whined a little bit too. Yeah. I do always still love Max Licato's book. One of the, I mean, one of those beautiful things I read early on in my life is is questions of Mary. You know, Mary, what was it like to change the diaper on the, of, the on, of God, of the <laughs> Messiah, right? Now, 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 think this out for a second, right? We always 
want to change everybody else in our lives, right? Because we want them to do what we want them to do. We do the same thing with God. Kingdom of God says, the church is even that way, guys. I mean, we want to tell the church, you should do it this way. We should have a service at 8, one at 9.30, and one at 11. And, and we ought to have one at 1 because there's this church that's really cool in Malibu, and they have a church at 1 o'clock as well, and that fits out with my time frame because I like to do the buffet over at the country club, and then we come over here. We always want to tell God when to meet, when to do, when to whatever. The kingdom of God is one of the statements, I think, of Christ where he's saying, it's bigger than you. And in the church era, we've got to hear that too. The kingdom of God is bigger than us because we keep trying to tell God how to do it. That doesn't work. One, one of the places that's a very important thing, and Steve told a great analogy and story this last week, an illustration of how you and Malik, you guys built onto your house, right? So mm-hmm. you've done several iterations, or I think yep. three that I can think of, bought it, added on, added on, right? And, you know, it's always a work in progress. Lose track. I mean, yeah. it's just one huge Monique, project. this is not an invite for you to say, and then there's number four. <laughs> I don't think Steve's ready for number four, right? Yes. Let's have the baby first. Um, but you go to Ephesians. Now, Ephesians is this beautiful book. And in Ephesians, you have the preeminence of Christ in its first chapter. And then in the second chapter, you get what God, what Christ came to do. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not a result of works. You didn't earn this part. When the kingdom of God comes into our lives, we don't control it, and we can't control mm-hmm. how he comes to us. And how does God come to us? He comes to us through a child in grace, we were uh, not as a result of works that no one should boast. Because the first thing that we tend to do, this is why we need to see the kingdom of God big as it is, we tend to take credit for it. Tend to, well, sorry. We tend to tell God what to do. Then when it works well, we take credit for it. When it doesn't go so well, we blame him for it, right? Enough about our lives, but that's personal, <laughs> and it's also church and whatever. And, and God comes along and says, no, no, when I save you, it's my work that saves you and invites you into a relationship. Steve, read verse 10 there, Ephesians chapter 2. Yeah, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. So coupled together with Jesus' teaching is, uh, sorry, with with the teaching about Jesus is that his kingdom comes on God's terms, which is grace, followed up with a calling to now be invited into something called the church. Ephesians chapter 4, well, let's do Ephesians 3 for a second. Ephesians 3 what he does is he prays that you would have fortitude in your inner being. Chapter 4, he establishes why the church works. One Lord, one faith, one hope, one calling, one baptism, all those kinds of things. And then the first thing he does after he establishes the church and the purpose of it there in Ephesians 4, teaches conflict resolution. Why? Because after we get done telling God what to do, we decide now we're going to tell each other what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's why it's so important in Ephesians 2.8, that you, or 2.9, sorry, that not a result of works that so that no one may boast where because it's very easy for us to get in the mindset of well i got saved because i was so great and did all these things and why don't you just be great like me and then you could also be saved and god's like no you're all bad mm-hmm. at what you're doing i'm giving you this grace you didn't earn it no one's above anyone else in this thing but we like to get into that mindset of well let me tell you how to live a better life right? well absolutely and that's called religion religion is let me tell you how to get it right with god Okay, Jesus didn't afford that opportunity. In but though in Ephesians chapter two, though we go back to what what role Christ plays in the building of God's kingdom. Steve, what 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 is uh, tell us a bit about yeah, Ephesians so it's, two? It's a little further 19, back or further, further past in in nineteen through twenty two, and Jesus says he is the chief cornerstone. 
Um, he is he's the one that which the foundation is is built and at cornerstone it wasn't just the i mean it was the very first piece to the the foundation Set everything itself. else true right off yeah. the cornerstone everything yeah. else squares up mm-hmm. right so exactly. so we we see that that's the role of christ now what it, let, let's think of liaison for just a second we have the kingdom of god which Christ is head of, right, all of those things. He's up there with God. And then he comes down, and he is what? The bridegroom to the church. He's going to marry God to his people, right? And so he is the bridegroom coming in to love on his church. And in that, what God establishes is he is the cornerstone. He is the rock. He is that positional place because grace is the thing we need the most. And once you get grace right, not cheap grace, paid for grace, then you can build your life off of that. And grace says this, Steve, you're saved to know him and to do greater things. Believe, do greater things. See how that, mm-hmm. pro- now it's not formula make, it is relational. Same way the relationships aren't formula make, they're relational. But that that's an important piece to that. Uh, and, and if that works, then what happens? Well, I mean, how does, does hell have a chance? No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, Matthew talks about, like, uh, records Jesus saying, like, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Like, it's not going to happen. Right. Now, where, where, where do the gates of hell prevail in the church at times? Where do they prevail? It prevails when we do what? We bicker, we fight, we try to tell God what to do, we try to tell each other always what to do. We're always, you know, it's Dana Carvey, church leader, right, lady, we're always <laughs> running around trying to tell somebody else what to do. And it starts with kind of trying to tell what God to do. If you notice that verse that we read, verse 10, it said, we are God's handiwork. Another translation, we are God's workmanship created mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus for good works, notice this, which he prepared beforehand. God had this idea already in place. And by the way, the ministry calling that God has there for anyone being saved is everybody is his workmanship. And you all, all of us, all have a calling in his kingdom. Not just pastors, right? Ephesians chapter 4, pastors of prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists, fivefold ministry for the equipping of the saints for the what, Steve? The building up of the body mm-hmm. in love. We're here to help build you up to go explore because you believe you'll go do greater things if he's in you. Yeah. And, Kingdom of God. and every believer has a ministry. Yeah. I mean, it may not be, it may not be paid, it may not be in a church, but we're all called, I mean, the great commission, like go and tell, uh, go make disciples. That is the call of, of every believer. Yeah. But, so, I mean, to... this is really, this comes down to this idea of exactly what you guys talked about before. Once you believe in me that through grace, you have been saved. Um, and, and you are, this is not something you earn, but it's something that I'm giving you. Then you go out and do something. Christianity mm-hmm. is not a passive thing. You're saying everyone, God created something for everyone to do in advance. He has a plan. You aren't just saved. And then he's like, all right, go figure it out on your own. He's with you and he has a plan as long as you're following in line and, and listening to him. It's very easy for us to think we know what we should be doing or listen to some person at a church tell us what we should be doing but instead this is a relational thing where we should go god what are you wanting to do through me and in me yeah how did you wire me up why did you make me this way i mean three questions every person asks no matter where you live right where where did i come from why am i here where do i go when it's over well i i was made by god to know him forever so in the knowing him one of the most beautiful things is and steve you mentioned it in your sermon this weekend is you 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 said you built your house, you had some subcontractors, but the other thing is you had a lot, you had friends, 
brothers and sisters mm-hmm. from within the church who came and helped you build your house. That is a picture of the kingdom of God is, is that we are here to encourage each other as we are building the kingdom of God together, right? So there's a togetherness to it. And, and by the way, this is an old, old idea, okay? This starts out in Isaiah. I mean, even, even in Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 11, you see some verses here where it says, I mean, God prophesies that a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. You're in the Bible. I know Woo! you know that or you not. Anyway, the stump of Jesse from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Notice this. When it bears fruit, it's saying two things. It's useful and it's alive. That's Christ. He's useful and he's alive, right? He's got a purpose. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And then you come down to verse 6. It says, and when that happens, the wolf will live with the lamb. Now, this is an interesting passage. Wolves don't live with lambs. Wolves mm-hmm. eat lambs, okay? They they they. They hunt them down, chase them down, they eat them, and they go forward. But he's saying when that happens, you'll have a reason to see that the way the world does things, that dog-eat-dog, that wolf-eat-sheep, that kind of world, it says the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion along with the yearling will lay together. And then it says this verse, and a child will lead them. Mm. See, God comes along, and he's he's had a consistent thought of the kingdom of God for forever. Being a little salty. I am lightly salty. You're regular lays. I'm lightly salty. Right? I'm in the blue. I like blue. So it, it is this, you guys, is that God comes along and he says, I did not invite you into a boring religious environment. I invited you to know me. I invited you into the adventure. I invited you into the calling and purpose and and the beauty of it. One of the most beautiful things in in the life of ministry and the life of following God is the adventure that it is. It it saddens me how boring we've made it. God had a plan to give it life, and he made it life. He kept his word. We read in Isaiah chapter 2. Uh, that, that it says this, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills. He's saying Jerusalem will be the high point focal of it all. Everybody talks about the big influence centers of the, of the world, London, Paris. Well, Paris is kind of waning. Sorry to our French friends. Is that you've got <laughs> London, you've got Beijing, you've got Shanghai, you've got New York, you've got LA, you've got different hubs around the world. But what's the one that you just can't seem to ignore. It's always Jerusalem. He says, so at the mm. end times, the people will stream to the mountain of the Lord on his highest, his, his temple, his, his mountain will be the highest of all mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so may, we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God has a purposeful plan. And by the way, that is a prophecy about the kingdom of God, not the church. See, what will happen is, is that the church gets swallowed up into the kingdom of God. We come to the thousand-year reign of Christ. That's inside the kingdom of God. The church, at that point, is over. That was mm. the church era, right? It's over. Mm. What's still going on? The kingdom of God. It transcends. God is bigger than what we often make him out to be, and we always try to tell him what to do. got to be careful there. Steve, well, yeah, go ahead, Jason. Go ahead, Steve, sorry. Oh, well, I was just going to say, like, um, so there's that idea of, like, yeah, the kingdom is is still in the future, right? Yes. It's, it's not yet here, but 
Christ says it is here. Like it, it's it's this both and type thing. It's it's here and not yet. And that's kind of a, a difficult thing for us that to understand. That is a concept. That's right? Hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, I mean, so Matthew twelve twenty eight it says, but if the spirit of uh, if this is by the spirit of God where Jesus is casting out demons that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So Jesus right there is saying like. I'm here. The kingdom of God is here. Now it's not fully here. There's still there's still this evil that's that's in this world. There's still these things happening. But the kingdom of God, it's it's breaking through right now. Right. And and I want to make a. Uh, I don't know if everybody. Good Lord, I don't know if we will all agree on everything here. <laughs> we don't agree on everything. Obviously, you know, shirts and hats and plaids and all those <laughs> things. But 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 there's something very important on this. Okay. What is the role of the kingdom of God as it relates to the culture around us? Is it the church's job to be blunt force going after the culture around us? Or is the kingdom of God in this greater big battle? Because if you think about it, it's principalities. It's this kingdom, that the kingdoms of this earth that are raging against God. And that they go after the church, but they're really angry with God, right? Because they're going, why is natural law in place. Think about all things trying to go on in our world. We're trying, if you think this out, didn't intend to go to this topic, but let's talk about it for just a second, is that the the whole LGBTQ plus plus and all the other things going on out there is, if you get it, if you think about it like this, LGB is saying to the church, you got it wrong. The T is saying God got it wrong. Think, that, think about that for a second, right? We're going to structurally change a human being's body while they're still prepubescent, while they're still young, while they're still forming, their cerebral stem hasn't even developed. We're going to not, that's not when the church is involved, right? As in parents are involved and all those kind of things. But what, what are they saying? Well, it's not just the church got it wrong. God got it wrong. And that is a kingdom of God against the kingdom of the devil. Steve, you just read Matthew 12, 28. When Jesus does that, notice this. Here's, here's the picture behind it. He's casting out demons. What is casting out demons with God? That is a fundamental clash between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of hell, mm -hmm. right? And then he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church because it will not prevail against the kingdom because the church is inside the kingdom. Mm. Those are very important thoughts. I, Steve and I were doing some research together, and I, I love this verse, 2 Kings chapter 2, uh, sorry, 2 Kings chapter 6, 15 to 17. Um, it says, When the servant of the man of God got up, went out early in the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. He said, the prophet answered, don't be afraid. Uh, the prophet answered, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked around and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I think this is a word for the church to hear today. We don't see everything that God is doing. We're like that servant. The prophet knew, Elisha knew, but he said, God, give him eyes to see. There's actually scripture in here where it says, remember, Steve, last week you talked about they, they plant and they don't reap or sow. They, mm -hmm. they, well, you know, talk about that for a minute. Yeah, about uh, all the efforts that they put in. Um, the time of, of Haggai, it was they're planting, but they're not harvesting. They're they're planting a ton, but harvesting very little. They're they're earning their wages, but by the time they they try to spend them, they they find they have pockets. There are holes in their pockets. They don't have the stuff that they're actually working for. Yeah. So so a lot of effort, but very little return 
on what mm-hmm. on what they were getting, right? Why? Because the devourer comes in and devours from them because they're doing it without God in their lives, right? When when we start to watch and see the kingdom of God, there's a lot of times when we as a church, a little salty to the church here, churchianity, niceanity, is we we have forgotten that God fights battles. Right? I'm not saying we don't have a public voice. I'm not saying we don't have a voice in all the arenas. We have a voice in every arena. Because why? Because we're salt and light in a, in a tasteless and dark world. But what we have to remember is God's doing bigger things, which is why prayer is so important, is because we're actually praying spiritual battle and warfare and that God would do that. We get together on Wednesday and we pray together as a staff when we see prayer going on in our small groups, all those kinds of things. What we're doing is we're huddling together, seeking the face of God, inviting the kingdom of God to come. That is, and, and you know why I like that? Is, is the, we, we, we talk about this a lot on staff. You guys maybe don't hear us talk about it as much, but the kingdom of God includes the churches on the southeast side of Boise, the churches in Twin Falls, the churches in Manila, the churches that are meeting in Dubai, the churches that are meeting in Hong Kong, the churches that are meeting all over the world. They are part of the church, which is a part of the kingdom of God. It's bigger than us. It's a big part. Yeah, which is why I think that uh, that passage with Elijah is so important because there is so much happening that God is doing, that God is working in this world, in our lives even, that we don't see because we think it's, uh, we, we honestly just have the eyes of the world. We, we think about like, well, this is, this is how things are supposed to go, and, but this is how God says it's supposed to go. And we only focus on those things that the world says and what the world is doing wrong when we forget completely. <clears throat> Sorry, completely that God is doing so much that we have no no idea. About. Well, and it, it actually takes me back to our skit from a couple years ago where you did play Jesus. And that one of the, the characters was talking about, I really want this raise. And then she eventually comes back. She's like, you didn't give me what I wanted. And, and, and your, you, you playing Jesus at the time is like, but I protected you from that car accident. I helped your mother heal from that incident. I did this. I did this. I did this. And it's like, we are very want focused. And we oh. see the immediate future of I mm-hmm. want this thing. And we hardly ever see all of these other things that God is doing behind the scenes that we didn't even maybe even ask for, or maybe we did, and we just go, well, yeah, you gave me that, but I want more. I need, I want this other thing. I want this other thing, and it's like we can really get that mixed up. And we do during the discussion group after your guys' sermon on Sunday, um, I got to hop in with um, Jaden and Mason, and we were talking about how just like Haggai says, there's times when we try to force something that we want and we have to work so hard. We might get there, but we have to work so, so hard to make it happen. And then there's things where if we're doing it with God and we're saying, God, is this something you want? And we're working with him. It just like seems to breeze through. It's not easy, but it does seem that the returns and the effort are significantly they, they invert, right? Well, because the, the God is with you, right? Yeah. That's why mm-hmm. it gets blessed is, is, is that God is with us. There's one other thing that the kingdom of God does that's very important. You Again, being a little salty, let's just pick on our own church for just a moment, right? We have to be careful when we use the phrase my church, right? It's not my church. It's the church we are a part of, but it's Christ's church. But notice this, is, is that we, we sometimes, not we, maybe... I'm not saying we are arrogant as a church, but sometimes we get possessive about God's church when God goes, oh, let me remind you, mine, right? Your privilege, my church, but let's get that right. But here's another thing that happens. I think this hurts the heart of God. We tend to believe that my church is better than your church, Mm. okay? Now, the antidote, the, the thing that solves that 
is I don't know anybody who has the arrogance to put the word my in front of kingdom. Okay? Which is why we remember that the kingdom of God is bigger than the church, and the kingdom of God includes all of God's church, not just my church, mm-hmm. not just Eagle Naz, not just Calvary Boise, not just name all the churches you want, right? Mm-hmm. It, Capital Church, some of my dearest friends go to Capital Church. It's so beautiful because it's the kingdom of God that we're all part of. One church. Jesus is Christ, Jesus Christ Church, many congregations, foothills, lots, lots of congregations. Steve, you got a verse there. Yeah, well, some of this uh, has just made me think of how we do live in a, a world that's, that's conformed to the world's standards. But, I mean, Jesus, he lays it out in the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. It is this upside-down type of world. Like, it, um, blessed are the meek, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, that doesn't make any sense to the world. It's like, how could, how could a, a meek person ever get anywhere in life? But Jesus says, do it, try it. You know, I mean, totally. it's that, those three steps, right? Yeah. Uh, believe, believe, do, do and greater and, things. Yeah. No, the greater that's things. good. And you know, what sneaks in Jesse on the Lord's prayer. We prayed that together last year, last week as a church, last year. Yeah, no, almost that was last almost year. last year, almost you know, a few year. hours off, By a day. right? Listen to this. This is how we start off. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, it's not a my in front of kingdom. It's a thy. Thy kingdom. And who are we saying that to? We're saying that to God. Your kingdom Mm -hmm. come, Lord. We want it to come. So we're praying, Foothills, that God's kingdom will come in 2023. It's already here. It's like you said. It's seen and not seen. It's here and it's coming, mm-hmm. right? It's the, and, and you know what that does, Steve, is it gives us hope because you can't wait to see God's kingdom unfurled over all of creation. That'd be a good day. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you guys both for joining us, and I'm excited to have you on again on Thursday. We're going to talk a little yeah. bit more, um, but we definitely hit a lot of different verses today. We <laughs> we, we jumped around. Bible so study any Tuesday. Of you, yeah, any of you that were trying to follow along, make sure you can always remember you can rewind and catch those verses again. But I just love the opportunity to go through here and really talk about all these points where the kingdom is mentioned and what it means, because this can be a very esoteric thought. Like you said, Steve, it's like, it's here, but it's not here. And it's like, okay, well, that's a mind melding melting opportunity to think about for a while and so having this conversation sometimes just really resets us and goes oh okay i I do want that i I do understand that and i want to move forward looking to pursue that so i just really appreciate you both being on here helping us dive into this and i'm excited to continue this on thursday and i'm excited that you guys are here with us as well and hopefully you'll join us as well on thursday see you then